Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Welcome, one and all, to the most magical show on earth. Eh, eh, no? All right, well, I'm Katie Petrick, joined by the real Italian stallion, Mr. David Ferrazzo. And before we get started, we want to hear from you fine people out there. So please, please visit stayeducated.org and please send us your thoughts. How are we doing? What do you want us to talk about? How are David's flowing locks looking today? <laughs> Anything. Send us a message. We want to interact with you. So please visit stayeducated.org stayeducated because it is the best way to connect with us. Okay, we're going to talk today. It's an interesting story we're yeah. kicking off with. A 32-year-old man who was 30, but anyway, he pretended to be a teenager in order to return to high school, and no one noticed, and he's now the subject of a new documentary with some crazy twists and turns. So this is out of the bizarro world. Who, who in the right mind, and I emphasize right mind, wants to go back to high school? Um, you? I would, I mean. Oh my goodness. I had, I was that kid. I'm a nerd. Go on, sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. But I won't, I won't. Okay, how about this, when, you, when you're 30 years old? Technically, I was you in school, again? but I was student teaching at the time. I wasn't okay. be a student. Okay, continue. Right, Sorry, well, this I, guy, I he posed as a teenager to rejoin his old school for two years. He got away with it. Nobody recognized him. His name is Brian McKinnon. He re-enrolled at his alma mater, which is uh, Beardson Academy in Glasgow, giving him a new identity of a Canadian student. That's what he did for himself. Uh, he, I guess he went by Brandon Lee, and he put on a fake accent to make his background as a Canadian more plausible. So let's just check out a little bit of this clip from a trailer of the documentary. Tell us what you know of Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. Can we just begin with your name? Uh, you would have known me as Brandon Lee. I remember my first day at Barristan Academy. It was junior year, day one, the classroom door opened, and there he was. He was quite gaunt looking, and he was really pale. He had a briefcase. Funny hair, glasses. He was one of the better pupils. Just an all-round nice guy. <laughs> one of the pleasures of teaching lies in watching young people grow up. Brandon Lee acts as if he's been a pupil at Bearstown Academy from the very beginning. Hiding in plain sight. It's about the best place you can hide. Police found that Lee had two passports. People thought he might be a spy. And that was when he said, My name isn't Brandon Lee, and I'm not who you think I am. What? They're human beings. But to me, they were just a means to an end. There was no crime committed, technically. Was it morally acceptable? It's a story which is seemingly never ending. He was playing absolutely everybody around him. Why? Why did he do it? What would possess someone to do that? It was an obsession really want to prevail you have to do the unimaginable 
So wow. this is like insane. So <laughs> basically what happened is, okay, again, Brian McKinnon was 30 years old at the time he decided to go back to his alma mater um, in the early 90s, 1993, okay? And he then graduated, you know, when he was 32, he was there for two years. And now like it became uncovered of what he did. And so now currently, like there you see the, the actual scandal once they found out, you know, old boy scandal. But now they made this documentary. And because you could hear in there how he didn't want to be interviewed as part of it, you get, you get a professional actor, Alan Cumming. I like Alan Cumming. Anyway, <laughs> uh, to, to do the voice of this. But I mean, from a just like purely fascinating standpoint, like that's crazy to think about it. But when you turn it on its head, wait a minute, a grown man mm-hmm. is amongst your teenagers, right. your children. Twice the age of some and of these students. no one knew? No one knew based on the, the um, she watched the documentary, I guess. It'll tell you exactly how he did it. But from our standpoint of what we've learned so far, um, basically they didn't really check into his full story. Like he made, he made up his whole story. Well, and they then, didn't ask for a birth certificate. Yeah, they're just like, okay, come on back. Like <laughs> they didn't, and, and at the time, I guess there was uh, only one teacher who still was there from when he originally graduated and that person didn't remember him or didn't recognize him or whatever. But the other point to, to point out is the fact that he was like right there out in the open for everyone to see. He joined the, you know, acting, he did acting. I guess that's a picture of him doing in some theater. In some theater, but he, the one positive, I guess, is that he was supposed to kiss like a 16 year old girl is one of the scenes which and he was like half his age, half his age. Luckily, according supposedly he didn't, which Thank goodness. Um, but this just baffling. And, and this whole documentary came about because it's actually a former classmate of his who is saying that, like, from from when he was old. <laughs> when he was old versus when he was young, I guess. Um, and in the, the guy who made the documentary, he said that, well, Brian, I guess. I don't know which name to go by, but Brian um, was kind of a geek but then he quickly rose up the social ladder and all this. But then Brian slash Brandon, whatever, is saying that he doesn't even remember the guy who made the documentary. Like, oh, I don't remember him being, you know, like it's a whole drama of it because the simple fact that he doesn't want to be involved maybe shows even more so how mentally potentially unstable he may be. Well, yeah, and this is also a story of someone with too much time on their hands, isn't it? Or something. Mentally unstable. I mean, I understand maybe five years out of high school. No, not even 10, maybe five years. I mean, I could go back and correct some of the things, some of the dumb things I did. And but who would want us to waste the time? This guy did it and he got away with it for two years. He looked older than the other students Mm -hmm. and he was taller than most of them. But despite this, his grown-up preference for carrying a briefcase, as they explained in that trailer, rather than a rucksack like his classmates, nobody twigged. He was almost twice their age. So, Katie, what's a rucksack, and why didn't anybody twig? Well, a a rucksack's simply like a backpack. Yeah, you're right. But what was fascinating, (laughs) he almost slipped up at one point in in the article. And again, you'll learn more if you watch the documentary, I'm guessing. Um, He slipped up once and said, well, I remember when Elvis died, 1977, which is when he should have been born, according (laughs) to the new thing. And he was like, I've heard. Like, he he had to slip up on that. So, quite fascinating. I personally recommend watch the documentary. I, I know I'm going to. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. 
It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Sorry, hairball. Uh, I was told many a time that kids are not identifying as cats. It is not happening. That's just a lie. That's Seriously. conspiracy theory. No, oh, no on. one, no children are identifying themselves as cats, except they are. Yes, they are. In Australia, at a private school in Melbourne, there is reportedly a year eight non-verbal female student who identifies as a cat. And according to a source that's close to the family, they said no one seems to have a protocol for students identifying as animals, but the approach has been that if it doesn't disrupt the school, everyone is being supportive. And this female student is said to be phenomenally bright, but reportedly does not speak during the school day. And the school didn't confirm the student's behavior at all in a statement um, to the Herald Sun, but said that the support staff was dealing with a range of psychological issues. Yes, yes, they were. Now in the statement, the school said that students were presenting with, or the students uh, was presenting with a wide range of issues from mental health, anxiety, or identity issues. Our approach is always unique to the student and we will take into account professional advice and the well-being of the student. Earlier this year in Michigan, a state in the US Midwest, by the way, one school, I know there's a lot more, Michigan's a big state, but one school was forced to debunk claims that it implemented a litter box for kids that identify as cats. Friends, we've heard stories. We've got a couple insiders that are teachers, Christians, teachers that report to us about some of this. It's happening here, but anyway, there are litter boxes. Isn't that, is that a sanitary uh, concern there? Uh, this was in response to a concerned parent who blasted the school at a school forum. And the parent says, I'm all for creativity and imagination, but when someone lives in a fantasy world and expects other people to go along with it, I have a problem with that. We're talking about delusion, aren't we? But what difference is it, Katie, identifying as a fantasy world as far as another in an animal, right, a furry, and the opposite gender or what can These i say that will not, we get shut down for asking that question no, yes you will get shut down for asking that question uh but you are not allowed to question how dare you question if i may identify right now in this very moment as a cat or okay yes now i'm a male Okay, now I'm a horse because that's the so other you're one. We did moment by moment. A, a moment to moment. How dare you question that? That's where we're at. And we actually just, I've heard personally a story about in a school district, a child, teenager, student identifying as a horse, a horse. And that the student must be allowed, according to an individualized uh, education plan, an IEP, let's use some education jargon, that that student gets to go outside and graze on the grass. 
I don't know for how long or to what extent, but yes, that ch child must be given these breaks. And yes, I have heard this as an actual story, but <laughs> we're not allowed to question it because mental disorder is, is not a, a real thing according to these people. Um, at the same time, uh, we have uh, Sharon Roberts, who's an associate professor of social development studies at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada, who says that the furry world is growing in popularity because, you know, it's safe and welcoming and non-judgmental community. And this same Dr. Roberts is the one who would say, how dare you question me, how dare David. You? How dare you? Coming up, a Missouri school district brings back paddling, which after parents ask for alternative punishments to suspensions and california is going to push back the clock for tired students that's next today's show is sponsored by our friends at my pillow save up to 66 percent on pristine quality bedding towels slippers signature pillows and much more when you use the code educated that's e-d-u-c-a-t-e-d educated support this show and a great american company Well, back in the United States, paddling is back in. Some of you might be having like flashbacks to your childhood now, especially the rulers, if any of you went to Catholic school. Um, the Cassville School District in Missouri is a proper term, I think, maybe if you're going to get paddled, uh, in Missouri is back to using corporal punishment, though it will be a last resort, I want to say, according to the administrators. School superintendent Dr. Merrill Johnson said that policy change was the result actually of a survey that was given to parents last year. Parents said they wanted another options uh, option before their uh, student was taken out of the classroom for misbehaving. So she said, the complaints that we have heard from some of our parents is that they don't want their students suspended. So basically they want, what, what's one more thing we can do before we get to that suspension? And the, they want another option. And so this was just another option that we could use before we get to that point of suspension. The school district uh, will not spank any child just so everyone's aware, unless the child's parents give their consent. Parents have to opt their children in before the paddle will be used for discipline. David, what is your experience with paddling? Have oh you, <laughs> I've did, got, did you get hit a couple time or two? Or? I had a second grade teacher Ooh. and I will say, I will insert this now, um, I deserved it. Um, man, I was just so unruly at, at that time. <laughs> Wait what? a minute, it wasn't second grade, sorry, sixth grade. Oh, hmm. Sixth grade, yep. Well, maybe you should be like that guy and go back to school yeah, and then yeah. you can That's one year that. I would like to live over. There you go, <laughs> that's what you need to do. Can I get a do-over do on that? Can I get, can I get sixth grade year forgiveness? Um, no, but paddling, yeah, I deserved it, but man, I learned, boy, did I learn not, not to mess with that teacher. And I, it kind of got me straightened out, at least for the rest of the year. Well, at least well, the seventh grade teacher then was thankful. Like, thank yes. you, sixth grade teacher. Yes. For and getting. you know what? Uh, again, that, that's a very good point that parents have to approve of this so other people are not punishing their kids. And you've got to understand discipline. When you hear the word paddle, punishment, we're not talking child abuse. But that's what they've made this thing to be. Now, when you, whenever you discipline a child, paddle, spank, whatever you want to call it, there are some that are so hypersensitive to anything about touching or, or padding, that that's child abuse. So we've got to really differentiate between discipline and child abuse. All right, let's take a look at uh, a little bit of news about the paddling. 
One of the suggestions that came out was concerns about student discipline, and so we uh, reacted uh, by implementing several different uh, strategies, corporal punishment being one of them. Dr. Johnson says this change will give principals one more disciplinary option before students receive more serious punishments such as suspensions. Administrators say it would be the last resort for parents and faculty members if other means of discipline do not work. It's something that uh, we don't uh, anticipate using frequently. This is an opt-in only option for parents. So anyone who disagrees with uh, corporal punishment, uh, they simply do nothing by not opting in. Well, it's kind of interesting because uh, Cassville itself only has about 3,000 people. So obviously <laughs> at the local diner, they're talking about yeah. this. And, you know, and, and the thing is that parents are the ones who said, hey, we want this. So hmm. a school district that's listening to the parents, huh, Wait a minute. How, how is that? Anyway, it's supposed to work that way. <laughs> uh, but hey, maybe parents, students out there, you're very tired right now. Listen up. If you're in California, well, one positive, I guess, coming <laughs> They've out got of a California, solution. they have one <laughs> solution for you. Uh, we have a quick story about combating sleep loss. And so the argument is maybe, just maybe, if students got more sleep, they wouldn't need to be paddled. Hmm? Maybe that's it. So California mandated uh, high school students cannot start class before 8.30 a.m. And the middle schoolers cannot start before 8 a.m. That's according to California's SB 328, which went into effect July 1. Uh, it put in mandated time, citing the academic benefits of a later school start time, which is quite interesting. And of course, they're going to cite all of the you know, American Sleep Association and pediatrics and National Sleep Foundation and uh, you know all of the studies of and all of the science behind it. But uh, would you have wanted a later school start time or eh, indifferent? Nah, yeah. You didn't uh, care. But uh, this is interesting that the ASA recommends teenagers get eight to ten hours of sleep every night, but many don't. That's why they sleep in class, maybe. That's, I ate six hours is solid. Six is solid is what I'm, I'm saying. All right, well, before we go is up next. Plus, David and I have some more fun facts to share. And David's obviously is going to be amazing as always, so stick around. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we go, Katie, what do you pay for cable? Do you have cable and what do you I pay do for? I do not. You I do, do not? No, I do not. Antenna, Here's your answer. Antenna life. What? Goose egg. All right, well, you're apparently not alone as a new study finds for the first time ever more people are streaming content than watching it on cable. According to the Lightman Research Group, over the past year, cable providers have lost nearly 5.5 million customers with the loss of another 4.5 million in the year before. Now, in 2015, more than 100 million U.S. households paid for cable. That number has dropped to 82 million in the last seven years. In contrast, streaming services account for 34.8% of total media consumption, with cable coming in just below at 34.4%. So, Katie, are more people around you cutting the cord? Do you know? Do you hear people talking about that? No. As a mom, I think 
are more people having babies because they're cutting the umbilical cord. Yes, that yes, cord. they are. That cord is being cut. But I don't know of anyone in my immediate life who has cable TV anymore. They either have the antenna, like like how I grew up in my childhood, yeah. or they have streaming services. Wow. What about you? Cable. Oh. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not a streamer. Oh. There's so much garbage, like Netflix and this other. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, when you're tired of watching all your favorite programming, including educated, of course, it might be a time for a nap. But how would you feel about getting paid to take that nap? Katie, please. are you in? Please, please, someone. Pay her to take please, a nap. Please. A New York-based mattress company called Casper is looking to fill the paid positions of Casper sleepers. The responsibilities, sleep in Casper stores and in unexpected settings out in the world. Unfortunately, there will be some work required when employees are awake. Namely, they'll have to create social media content, sharing their experience as a professional sleeper. In addition to being paid to sleep, successful candidates will enjoy being able to wear pajamas to work. Aspiring sleepers are encouraged to show off their sleep skills on TikTok as part of their application. Katie, people are literally sleeping on the job and getting paid for it. What happened to the work ethic? Is that, is, that a, is, that a not, is that not a thing? You're not supposed to sleep on the job? Is that what you're telling me? That? You're not supposed to. Oh. Finally, let's wrap things up with everyone's favorite satire site, the Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. As always, we've picked our favorite Babylon Bee headlines to see which one you think should be crowned numero uno, queen of the hive. And we start with Biden to forgive 10,000 in student loans. In unrelated news, nation's colleges raise tuition by $10,000. Number two, meet gender studies major Chloe and seven other underprivileged college grads whose loans you've just paid off or you're paying off. Number three, Average lifetime earnings of a gender studies grad rise to $10,000. <laughs> Number four, man recalls harrowing moment when government agents forced him to sign $100,000 loan at gunpoint. And number five, Nancy Pelosi leading the charge for Biden administration to forgive bar tabs. Katie? You're still laughing about one of them. What's, what's your top pick? Is there something you'd like to share with the rest uh, of the class? I just, since the first one. What? I mean, the first, starting with the first one. Babylon B. Two uh, on the nose. Two on the nose as to what's actually going to happen there. Two Colleges raising it by 10? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's going to uh, it's going to happen. Yep. That had me too. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this segment. Much more to come next time. All right, before we let you go, David and I want to find more ways to show you <laughs> embarrassing pictures because somebody had a mullet, not me. So what better way to do that than share some fun facts? So for me today, my fun fact is that I did a summer internship in London working for a member of parliament in 2007, which wow. just so happened to be the same summer when Tony Blair actually stepped down and Gordon Brown came into power. And if you look in that photo with me at my desk there, if I would have actually been able to hang out that window in the tower, which it was a tower actually, uh, I would have seen the limo kind of, or whatever town car, I guess it was, that had Gordon Brown coming in on the day that he 
was, you know, sworn in or whatnot. So I could have hung myself out that window, kind of like AOC was doing just in that Babylon Bee. And you would have seen me on the news, but I didn't do it. I didn't embarrass myself. That's a, that's a fun that's fact. That's a fun fact, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess I have to share one, too. Um, mine is that prior to moving out to L.A., to Southern California and acting, I traveled in Christian rock bands as a drummer. Now, that, this one actually was years later. I'm playing percussion there in a coffee shop. But I do have some pictures, photos coming of my mullet uh, playing the drums. So we'll have to share some of those. I, I don't think I could have won the, the contest as like those Wisconsin kids did. Mm. But oh, um, wow. yeah, I had that mullet. I thought I had long hair. It was long, but it was short up top, so that makes a mullet. And you're in a rock band thinking you have long hair, right? <laughs> so embarrassing. But I respect the drummers the most. All my favorite artists are drummers. So wow. very nice. So you can join the list now. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, you. mullet man. Uh, well, there you go, people. <laughs> the more you know. Now make sure you smash that like button if you are watching us on social media and please do send us your feedback. Maybe some mullet, the best of the mullets that yes. you've ever grown. Yeah, we'd love send, to see your mullet. We'd love to see your mullet. Um, make sure you send your feedback at stayeducated.org. For David and myself, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting the show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.